Right, we're in. Hi, Gary, and thank you so much for agreeing to do the interview series, the Back to Your Future interview series. And a little bit about you. You were kind of never motivated to go to university and um, get qualifications. And you started an apprenticeship in the automotive industry and then uh, very quickly realized that the career stream wasn't for you and you kind of wanted something else. So then you, I think it was 2017, you said you went to a meeting called Get Shit Done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and, um, and then that kind of sparked in you this, this, feeling of wanting to do more and have your own business so do you want to give a bit more about your your backstory of how it all came about yeah um first of all thanks for having me on martin great uh, pleasure to be here mate so no uh, thanks for the uh, taking the time out um yeah so a little bit about me like martin just said i've been in the automotive industry uh for 13 years 16 to 29 years of age i was in that trade and i worked my way up from uh, the shop floor i was an apprentice painter um, painting the vehicles and repairing the vehicles in that trade and I worked my way up to a senior manager um, geared towards uh, the body shop side but also the sales side a little bit as well because I would do upsells for customers cars and things like that um, on of modifications and anything else that they wanted on their vehicle and uh, anyway I'd always wanted a little bit more for my life and no matter how much money I earned in the line of work I was in I never felt fulfilled enough and I never felt satisfied enough and I'd always been into the entrepreneurship um, game I'd always watch people watch their moves watch their uh, behavioral traits and things that they did in their lives and it always appealed to me um, and anyway I started connecting with a few people on LinkedIn and on Facebook and um, I went down to this meeting uh, called get shit done and it was in <laughs> Brighton uh, and it was hosted by a chap called Dan Meredith who is a serial entrepreneur um, some of you watching this may have heard of him. He's done a couple of books on uh, um, how to do better yourself, and they're on Amazon. They've been Amazon bestsellers. And um, he hosts loads of meetings around the world and um, is um, a serial entrepreneur. And I went down, I'll pay £20 to get into this meeting, and it literally sat there with a the laptop. And he gave you a, uh, loads of structures of how to get things done and um, the best process is to beat procrastination and stuff like that. So uh, at the time I was still in my job, so I used that time wisely to get loads of work done for my managerial role, but also to connect with a load of people and to network with a load of people. So I was in the middle of, um, obviously my job was paying the bills, but I was also trying to transition into something else. And I wanted to network with like-minded people and build a relationship. And anyway, whilst I was down there, I met a chap called uh, Lewis Raymond Taylor. Um, big shout out to you, Lewis, if you're watching, mate. <laughs> and um, we just got talking and he was a coach and I'd never really thought about coaching before, but um, we started messaging on Facebook and a few months down the line, I booked a discovery call with him, which is a one-to-one -one session for free that he offered me and it was two hours long. And we just built a relationship from there and it was, um, so what are you doing now? What do you want to do in your future and everything else? And I told him that I just wanted to get out of the motor trade. That was the biggest thing, but I hadn't really thought about how I was going to do it. And um, anyway, we rounded the call off and he was trying to um, say to me that he worked with me for X amount of money. And at the time, I didn't want to do that because it was a big commitment. But the more I watched him grow, the more I, was in, I became interested in coaching. And there came a time when I thought, I'm in this senior manager role. 
I can use my mental skills and my um, relationship building skills with clients, customers, and my colleagues to transition into coaching. So the more I learned about coaching, the more I thought it was a viable option for me. Anyway, fast forward to now, and I've done a level four IAPCNM, which is the International Authority for Professional Coaches and Mentors. I'm qualified to a level four standard. Uh, and I worked with Lewis's company, which is the Coaching Masters. And I was accredited over an extremely intensive 15-week uh, process, which was all day, every day, weekends, evenings, nonstop, um, concluding with a 2,000-word assessment that we had to do, um, which if we passed, we got accredited. If we didn't, we failed. We had to go back to square one again. So it was very, very intense. It was the equivalent of a university degree, basically, in 15 weeks. So it was full on and you never had a chance to rest but it was worth it and i've got that accreditation out and i've built my business my website my brand my logos everything else and uh now i'm where i am now and i'm uh, looking forward to growing and seeing how this journey develops wow that's an incredible story and you know what's interesting is that you weren't interested in um, qualifications at school and college and all the rest yeah. of it but now you've just done this coaching professional certif certification so you know you've obviously found your passion and your calling which is why it's easier to learn isn't it and take things Absolutely. on when you when you want to and and you find your passion so amazing love that story so um yeah let's dive into the questions then so the first one is what did people say when you told them you were giving everything up and going into coaching? Have your friends and family been supportive? Vicky's obviously your other half. And, you know, are all of these people supportive or are there been some of the naysayers out there that are like, oh, my God, you know, it'll never work or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I definitely had um, my fair share of the latter there. Um, but it wasn't necessarily from, from Vicky or from my friends and family. It was for from my colleagues uh, who I used to work with, they were saying, oh, so what, what are you doing? Why are you going down this route? And they couldn't grasp the fact that I was earning similar to what they were earning and they were comfortable, um, but they had problems admitting that they were unhappy. And unlike me, I didn't want to be unhappy. Uh, so unlike them, I didn't want to be unhappy. So I just told them what I was going to do and, and they couldn't quite figure it out. And um, I had enough, because I was earning a good, a good salary, I had enough put away um, to live on for a couple of months and that was a perfect time to transition and train and I didn't have to rely um, Massively on an income at that time. So I had the money in the bank and I thought it would be a perfect time to use that money um, That I was saving for a rainy day to basically change my life and um, the people around me the closest people to me they um, Always supported me Vicky, especially she was saying this is if this is what you want to do then go for it and I'll always be here, but you've got to put the work in. And she just, she kept me accountable, basically. If I was slacking, um, and she'd always say to me, if you don't put the work in now, the money's never going to come in. And we're going to get to a point where you, you've burnt through that savings and you haven't got any money, you haven't got any clients and all this stuff. And that, that was the fear that kept me going. That was the fire that was lit up under my backside, so to speak. And she drove me forward. And my mum and dad, they were a little bit, unsure of exactly what it entailed but they again they were of the same mindset especially my dad and said but chase whatever you want to do um but just really think about it and think if it's a viable option which i'd already done in the past anyway I'd, I'd spent ages thinking about it and and uh brewing it in my mind and um yeah they'd always stood by me and, and backed me from day one so that was great to have that support all the way 
massive. Oh, that's, it's awesome, isn't it? When you've got your yeah. friends and your, your closest friends anyway and your family on your side and particularly your other halves, then, then it makes life so much easier. But you know what? Even those people that haven't got the support of the friends and family sometimes have to just prove them wrong, don't they? And just say, well, you know what? If I'm going to do this, whether you're with me or not, I'm going to do it anyway. And then yeah. I'll either prove you wrong or, you know, I'll just say, hey, it was an experience. If, if it didn't work out for me, then you've learned something from it rather than just the status quo. And like you've said about some of your ex-work colleagues, they're not happy, but what are they doing about it to change it? Not a lot. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly what I encountered. Cool. Right. So number two, you might have already answered this, but... <laughs> Are you missing anything from the automotive industry um, or were you just walking away thinking, hey, thank God for that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not missing anything at all. I, I miss some of the cars because some of the cars I work with, I was, I was associated with BMW, so I was working with, nice. with high-end vehicles. Um, but that's all. I, I don't miss the, the customers. I don't miss the, the um, politics of the corporate world and everything else that goes with it. So it's just nice to have that freedom and know that I'm working towards something that's entirely for myself and it's going to lead to um, a greater fulfillment in my life. That's what, that's what keeps me driven every day. Awesome. Love it. Okay. So let's mix it up with some fun questions then, because we can't all have uh, boring business. Stuff. <laughs> um, if you could be a famous person, who would it be? Boris Johnson, Brad Pitt, who would you like to be? Good question. Um, well, I have a few sporting idols because I'm massively nice. into, into my golf. Um, and one of them is Tiger Woods. Um, I, obviously, if you can ignore his past of what, what he went through with his divorce and everything yeah. else that came out of the press, I think I'd choose to be him simply because of his mindset. I admire his mindset um, to continuously strive to be the best and not even get close to being the best and still be better than everyone else. He wants to destroy the competition. and in a not in a arrogant way just in a in a in a strictly professional way that everyone else admires that's why he's so loved and adored around the world i think in the sporting world um people don't hate him even though he he's very very tight with his inner circle not a lot of people on tour and players on tour actually want to get close to him because they feel quite intimidated um and also he's come back from his injury and obviously won the masters last year and everyone had written him off and that's that for me personifies the entrepreneur journey as well um in my side of things and everyone else's side of things who's in this game people write you off and they'll continuously beat you down and when you come back like that they're the first in line to clap you and say that they'd always stood by you um a lot of the journalists did that with tiger and they wrote him off after his injuries and then when he won the masters and won the tour championship at east like the year before everyone jumped at the chance to create a story out of it and thank him and it just goes to show that they're not too dissimilar sports and the entrepreneur game because everyone's so quick to jump on it and write you off. And I think Tiger's mindset has kept him going, kept him striving to be the best. And that's something that I try and emulate in my life. Awesome. Nice answer. And yeah, it's not always going to be um, roses, is it, in life? And he's reinvented himself. Like you said, he was out in the, the kind of wilderness for a while and uh, a lot of stuff came out about his past. Everybody's got a past, but the media, when you're rich and famous, tend to want to bring it out because it sells papers, doesn't it? And it sells news. Yeah. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, fingers crossed he's back to his best and uh, he'll stay there for a while as well. Got to admire him for that. So love that answer. Okay. So 
What are your first impressions then of coaching and your coaching business? Are you more motivated than ever to make it a success? But is part of you thinking, shit, oh my God, what am I doing? And, um, you know, given where we are in the world at the moment with the coronavirus, and uh, I don't know if the coronavirus created the world turmoil in the economic sense or whether that was already coming anyway, because, you know, there, we go in cycles anyway with, uh, with the economy. So what are your thoughts on uh, setting up your coaching business now? Well, I picked a time, didn't I? I must admit. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I started uh, launching my business in February, uh, just when everyone was hearing about the coronavirus in, in China back in January. But obviously, no one could have predicted how bad it was going to be. But I, I, I did have a few oh shit moments. What have I done? Um, because right now it is very difficult to get clients. No one really wants to commit because they're on uns they're uncertain about their own businesses or they're uncertain about their own jobs. And I work uh, with aspiring entrepreneurs, so they're either starting out or they're in nine to five still and they want to transition like I did but they need that stable income they need that stability in their life and they're very unsure and uneasy about committing to a coaching program right now and that's understandable um, but for me right now I'm using the time wisely to develop my business and I'm thinking about evolving it and how I can make it more impactful when all this is over and when I'm ready to sort of reveal that to the world I'm not um, insignificant I'm there um, things like this interview with you now and I've done radio I've done a radio interview down in Greenwich a few months back I've got a speaking gig coming up which was supposed to be the end of this month and that's down in Kings Road in Chelsea and all these things that I'm doing um, are making me more relevant and hopefully will attract more clients but I do obviously have those moments where I think what have I done but right now I'm in a place I know that I can thrive on and I love working under the gun I like being under pressure because I've got no choice but to go forwards and I don't, it means I can't get lazy and I can't get um, complacent if I'm under that pressure. So I thrive on it. Nice. I think you're doing all the right things, man. I'm watching you on the social media side of things. And uh, yeah, you're, you're really, really pushing on in the right direction. So kudos to you there. Um, okay, so next question is, are there any favorite channels, blogs, websites, personalities, people that you follow for inspiration and, uh, and where you get uh, inspiration for your ideas, your own ideas online? Yeah, obviously the biggest one, a lot of people have heard of him is Tony Robbins, um, massively, massively successful coach. And a lot of his stuff is uh, free and easy to access online. So I do look at a lot of that for inspiration. Um, obviously, my mentor, Lewis, who I watch, he's currently living in Bali, living his best life uh, nice. in the world. So, um, yeah, even on the lockdown now, I mean, he's still got his villa, uh, his villa with a pool. So he's uh, not exactly struggling like, like the rest of us. <laughs> so I do look to him for a little bit of inspiration. Um, Dan Meredith, who I mentioned earlier as well, he went from rags to riches. Um, and it's not really blogs and things like that that I look for. It's just more people and personalities. I, I I massively admire Gary Vaynerchuk as well on social media. Um, he personifies hard work and discipline, which is one of the traits that I teach is discipline, um, which is a huge thing for entrepreneurs to, to have in their arsenal. If you're not disciplined, you're just going to lose straight away. So <laughs> that's one thing that they need to learn. And he, he personifies that. Also, his social media strategy is massive, and that's something that I want to emulate yeah. as well. Um, he thrives on that. He's an expert in that line of work. So yeah, there's uh, people that I admire, but there's a couple of books I've read, not really any blogs that I follow, but it's just more the people and their, their behavioral traits that I like to copy. 
Nice. And uh, I don't know if you follow Brendan Burchard as well, but he's absolutely high end, you know, peak performance of coaching and uh, really top dollar as well. So, uh, yeah, I love Brendan Burchard as well. But, uh, yeah, some good names in there. And I'm obviously following all of those as well. <laughs> OK, next question then. What are you finding are the biggest pain points when you have your clients and uh, are, are they confiding in you? Is it kind of business growth? Is it their personal life? Is it their love lives? Do they confide in you on all of that kind of stuff? Or is it their, their self-belief? What kind of pain points are you coming across with your coaching clients? A lot of the time it is procrastination. Um, which stems from a lack of discipline. So discipline is the first thing I look at because if they haven't set themselves a proper plan, then they're not disciplined enough to go and execute exactly what they say they want to do. So they'll come to me and say, I want to achieve this and I want to achieve this, but they don't have an idea of how they're going to do it. Um, so I, I look to set them up with a seven step goal setting process, um, which is uh, something I teach in my programs. And, um, the six levels of change as well, which is what I preach, which is um, the strongest one being vision. So we'll go through them. But the, the first two are environment and behaviors. So if they don't have the, the behaviors in their life, such as discipline, um, lack of, um, sorry, lack of self-belief, things like that, that they um, have, they really struggle. So we need to change those behavioral patterns first, and then we move, to, move through the other five and then end up with vision at the top which is obviously how they see their future and how they see everything um working out for them but they it takes a while to spin that and they haven't really gone through that process before and that thought those thought patterns and it's quite difficult to get that message across to them but uh if there's one thing that stands out above all it all starts from their discipline and i'll will give them a, bit, a little bit of tough love first if they're coming to me and they're crying and whining a little bit because a lot of them do that i was guilty of that when I first started out and thinking the world is against you when in fact you're 100% responsible for the actions you take and that all stems from their discipline and, and driving towards the goals that they set themselves it's all well and good talking it but you've got to walk it as well as we all know and when they come to me with this crazy idea that they want to emulate Gary Vee and Tony Robbins and I say well how are you going to do it and they just turn around and look at me blankly you know they've got a serious problem so we start from there that's their foundation you've got to lay the foundation before you can build the skyscraper that's that's awesome i love that and yeah back to your point about discipline i think and with tiger woods in mind and sporting achievers the discipline that they've got right from a young age isn't it to go out there smash loads of balls um when everybody else is stopped like um i remember hearing a story about david beckham as well and um you know i wasn't a man yet i'm a liverpool fan so didn't like him particularly that much but as a person he's grown so much but he was saying as a kid he'd go and he'd take like hundreds and hundreds of free kicks um spot ball free kick so that when it got to the crunch time in a match he was able to do it there because he yeah. visualized it and then done it and he was disciplined to do it when all others were just at home you know resting or whatever catching up yeah it's the getting up at four o'clock in the morning to go to the field isn't it and and like you say tiger hitting golf balls when he was two years old with his dad and david beckham taking free kicks in his park and everyone else is in bed asleep or just getting up for work but they're there doing it grinding it out and they're obviously extreme examples, but it's a, it's what people need to apply to their life. Whatever that is for them, whatever scenario that is, they need to apply it um, in a similar way in order to get what they want. And if they don't have yeah. that, then they're going to lose from day one. Yep. So if you get nothing else, folks, from this interview, discipline is the key. Okay. So 
get that button down. <laughs> okay, next fun question then. If you can cast your mind back to school when you were 10 years old, what would your teacher say about you at age 10? <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you, when I was 10 years old, I was a bit of a little shit, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't until my latter years of school, when I was at secondary school, that I actually started to pay attention. Um, I didn't fail school. I just, I just didn't enjoy it. But I think that's the entrepreneur side of me wanting to sort of break free and, um, and chase the money and chase the, uh, the goal rather than have someone tell me what to do. And yeah, I, I, did, I did enjoy school, but I think my teachers would have said that I had a serious lack of attention. Uh, at 10 years old but I just don't think that I wasn't the only one obviously I just don't think that they understood how I was and certain things at the age of 10 certain things are really going to stick with you because you're going through such a rapid change in transitioning to a teenager and obviously you're moving towards a few years time you're moving towards the end of your school uh, tenure and then you have the big big wide world to contend with um so it is a, it's a key point in your life. And I, I just think teachers only have a finite amount of attention to dish out to every single student in their class. And if one student isn't paying attention to what they're saying, they're going to not bother with that student. And that particular student was me until I moved to secondary school and I found a, uh, a different side of life. But at 10, I think they would, they would have had a few bad things to say about me, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you turned out all right, man. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> well, Gary, Gary V failed school as well. So, you know, it's not all bad, is it? So there's, there's so many cases of people that didn't pass any education, but they're massive personalities and successful people in life, you know, and uh, I look at my kids now and, and modern society and they, they diagnose them as ADHD. I think it's always been there and the focus now has moved away from uh, traditional kind of going out in the street and playing with your mates to YouTube, Xbox, PlayStation, that kind of stuff, digital phones. Uh, and, and it's totally different. So it, it's always been there, that attention deficit. I don't know if it's a boy thing as well, because I was very similar. My kids are very similar as well. You know, you're yeah. attracted by shiny things and, and fun. So um, it's, it's not a bad thing. So no, interesting. And uh, yeah, hopefully some of your teachers are going to catch up with this interview at some point in the future. <laughs> I imagine that. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> okay, next question then. Is there such thing as a regular day for you? Does it look like a normal nine to five? Um, because as a business owner, you have to kind of work all the hours that you need to. Um, and uh, do you have a set pattern or is it kind of you're working at 10 o'clock at night because you want to, and then you'll take a two hour, three hour uh, break in the daytime, go to the gym or whatever. How do, what's a traditional day look like for you now? Uh, traditional day for me, I get up probably half five, six o'clock in the morning. Um, I try and stick to my routine that I was in when I was in a nine to five, because that's what's been embedded in me over the years. And I didn't want to drastically change it because it can take a long time to get into a new routine. I didn't want to throw myself off. So I, I just get up at that time still. Um, and I follow my routine. I'll go for a walk in the morning or I'll go to the gym in the summer. It's easier, obviously with the light. Um, and then I'll start thinking about the content I'm going to do for that day. I'll start, um, planning on how I'm going to message a few potential clients if I've got any leads to follow up. Um, but my typical day runs from probably about half seven, eight o'clock to roughly nine, 9 PM, but I will have a break as well, obviously for when Vicky gets in from her job, cause she's still 
in, in nine to five, she'll get in about quarter past five and we'll have a few hours together and then I'll probably work from seven till or half seven till nine. Um, but most of the day is packed with um, the content I'm going to write, the, the copy I'm going to send to my um, prospective clients, the messages I need to follow up on, things like that. And if there's anyone out there that's engaging my content, if they can be a potential client, um, then obviously I'll follow them up and look at my email list and see if anyone's downloading my ebook or visiting my website and stuff like that. So it's all just gathering the information that I've planted from the previous day or the previous week, bringing it into um, my spreadsheets and things like that, and then go from there really, and then planning my next phase of attack. <laughs> So a kind of structured, unstructured day, really, because ten till ten till ten or seven till ten is a very long day. But yeah, it's yeah. it's got some structure behind it. Yeah, it's it's it it can vary. I don't like to have a rigid plan because if you have a rigid plan, you can be quite blinkered in stuff that you and you might miss a few things. So I like to finish one thing and think, okay, what do I need to do next? Is it this or is it this or am I missing something or is there something else I can look at that isn't going to take up too much of my time? So I like to not put all my eggs in one basket, so to speak. And I like to try and fill as many avenues as I can with um, my time and rather than just waste it dealing with one thing and one thing only. Do you work the weekends or is one of those days sacred for, you know, switch off completely? Yeah, Sundays I usually work. Um, Sundays is a good time I found for posting content because a lot of people spend time with their family during the afternoon, but in the evening they've got nothing to do and they're already hating their nine to five on the Monday morning. So they're on social media. So that's a perfect time for me to strike. Um, if they want to um, message me, then they can, because they've got all that time, but also because they're in a mindset of not wanting to go back to the nine to five on Monday. But Saturday is my day that I don't, it's usually with football, obviously on is, is the usual Saturday routine, but at the moment it's not. Um, or I'll go out with Vicky or I'll go and see my family and stuff like that. Saturday is my day. I may reply to a few messages, but nothing more than that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I think it's important to recharge as well, isn't it? By doing Absolutely. something that's totally not business related, but inspires you and motivates you. And yeah, I'm, I'm a massive sports fan as well. So for me, that's that's uh, one of my big uh, switch off things as well. So yeah, cool. Okay. Um, next question then. Is there a preferred medium for you to conduct your coaching business then? Because this is part of the reason why I chose What Online Global as my name. And, you know, because the world is a very small place now and we can interact and connect with people anywhere. Literally, you said your, your mentor is in Bali as well. So yeah, yeah. the world is a very small place, but do you have a preferred medium? Because when you're coaching, obviously video calls like this are really useful. Face-to-face -face is perfect. Uh, and and um, uh, speaking on the phone, that kind of thing. But is there a preferred way that you prefer to conduct business? Uh, a lot of my stuff, I'll be honest with you, is done by direct message on uh, Instagram or Facebook. And I send a few voice notes to people and I'll follow up prospects via those routes as well because it's very, very easy to type or, or send quite a detailed message rather than copying out an email all the time and risking it going into their spam and then not seeing it. Whereas if you send someone a voice note instantly, if they see it's a voice note, they're more likely to listen to it and respond. And I know you and I have both done that as well, planning, planning these meetings. A voice note is very, very easy to send. And I find it an easy way to communicate with clients. And I feel it adds a personal touch as well if you're sending a, a, a voice note to them because they can hear what you're like. They can hear the tone in your voice, the excitement that you'll, you want to work with them. And uh, they, they engage with it a little bit more than just plain old text. But that's how I deal with a lot of my 
uh, follow-ups and prospecting and things like that. And it is quite time-consuming, constantly on your phone, typing out messages or on your laptop, but it works. And it's a proven process in this modern age. Like you say, everything is uh, instant now. You can talk to anyone. It's just the digital age and it's the way the world works now. And obviously my video calls with clients are done via Zoom, which is what we're using now, which is a fantastic tool. And um, I record the sessions and send them direct after. And it works wonders. Awesome. Yeah, there are no excuses really to connect with people now in any, all of the above, probably you can connect in whichever way fits for that time. So yeah, love it. Okay, so the next question is, this is called the back to your future um, experiment, social experiment. Have you got your plan? You said that with your clients, you talk about their plans. So have you got your plan for the next one year and then two, three, because I'm going to interview you now each year for the next five years. Do you know what you're going to look like in five years time, where your business is going to be, your personal life, all of that kind of stuff? Is it mapped out where you want to get to? I've got my one year plan and I have my five year plan, but it's a two, three and four year plan that I don't quite have fully chiseled into my uh, tombstone yet, shall we say, yeah. <laughs> uh, of what it's going to say when I'm, when I'm dead and gone on my, on my uh, tombstone. And um, my one year plan is to have enough money um, to allow Vicky to work from home and to allow her to transition out of her nine to five. And I, I want her to go part time so we can spend more time together and we can travel more and, and enjoy life a bit more. She earns a good salary and she works in the events industry and she doesn't hate her job. She actually really enjoys her job, but she, I want to give her that option. I want to have enough money. Um, whether that's a high five figure income or a six figure income, I want, I know what our joint income is, obviously what it was when I was in my corporate job and I know what I can earn. And I want to get to that point where we're comfortable she can transition and by the end of this year that's the goal I have for us Um, that's just a small goal for me but it's a big goal for us as a couple because it will it will open so many more doors for us um, things that we can do together and obviously it will give um, her more time to work on something that she wants to do with her own personal life rather than work all the time Um, five-year plan for me simply put Martin I want to get on stage and talk at TEDx events mate that is what I want to do nice I love talking. I love engaging with people. I want to coach large groups. I want to transition away from the one-to-one coaching, uh, which I'll probably look to do in years three and four, possibly. Uh, I just haven't figured out how to do it yet. But that the TEDx thing is, is something that a lot of entrepreneurs aspire because if you can get that under your belt, that's a huge thing to tick off. Um, and I just want to affect as many people in a positive way as possible. And if I get the chance to speak on stage, then that's a great opportunity for me to do that nice i like it and i can't wait to interview and get again in a year's time and then that took the, in a year's time you're going to know the next year which is absolutely fine because that's the way that things plan and you just pivot and, and move and adjust don't you going through yeah. as you're going through you might think you can do that um, the, the whole group thing in year two and speak into larger audiences because you've changed something in your business model that you know you can do it in year two so yeah love it absolutely love it so that's it. It's the end of the interview. And there's one final question. What's the best way to reach you online? What's the best way to connect with you? Uh, it's connect with me via Instagram and Facebook. Um, Instagram, my name is Gary J. Allman, all one word. Uh, Facebook is exactly the same if you just type that in and then I'll come up uh, my business page and my personal profile. Um, my website as well garyjallman.com and you can book your free discovery session on there if you want to chat with me and get a little bit 
uh, more personal with me about something that you need help with, I'm more than willing to help you and I'll offer you a free 90 minute session and we can talk and talk and talk whatever you want to discuss and uh, email as well, um, which is also on my website. If you want to reach out to me, just click the button to email me and I'll respond as soon as I can. Love it. Thank you so much for this. And I look forward to really catching up in the next uh, 12 months to see the progress. Love it. Thanks, man. Thanks again, Martin. Take care, mate. Cheers. Thanks Take care. Bye. Cheers.